And so Hakapala, um, and very, very, very confident, will be up on pre-order uh, you know, by the summer, this summer. Two half squads, Jeff and Dave here, and we are very happy to have as our guest tonight Perry Cock from Multiman yeah. Publishing. Hi, Perry. Good to hear you guys again. Yeah, it's been a little while. It's well, been since um, October, uh, Aslock of 2010. Uh, you weren't at the last Aslock. No, we weren't. <laughs> no, we've missed a, we've missed <laughs> a couple. <laughs> That's, uh, um, it's, uh, it's too bad. I was uh, I. I Lucky I've been able to make the, the last couple. I've only missed uh, a, one or two uh, over the, you know the the 25 years that they've been been going on. So uh, I don't take that for granted. Uh, trust me, I uh, uh, I appreciate uh, being able to go whenever I can. It's very meaningful for me. And now with uh, with the demise of uh, Fish Connor, it's uh, it's uh, uh, I don't know. I'd say even more meaningful, but it uh, it resonates even more. So, uh, yeah, I think yeah. that's very, very, very true. It's true, and it, it's a little uh, it, obviously a little bit sad as we get to a certain age <laughs> that we're going to have we're going to have these moments almost uh, well more often than we'd like, I suppose, where we're going to have the moments of silence that when we get together, it's it's kind of spooky. But we can only hope that there's squad leader in the afterlife. <laughs> so if then you we'll think, have if time, you think, right? That's it. That's right. Yeah. The, uh, who needs who needs virgins? I just need time to play squad leader. Yeah. <laughs> well, can't we have both? Yeah. <laughs> well, you so go. if you think paradise is going to get you away from people asking you very difficult uh, rules <laughs> questions, <laughs> guess again. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well. Some people say that's where I belong. <laughs> yeah. Well, so you know, um, I listened uh, to the our last interview with you, which, I like did I the said, same thing. was it was in 2010. Yeah. So, and it's funny. So I, so you listened to it too? Yes, I did. Okay. So, do you want to talk about those things you promised that still aren't out? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But no, it is problem. funny, you know, because it's kind of an ongoing joke here on the show about Hakapale because um, we've sort of been talking about that almost since the first show. Seems like it, which well, has been a little over five years. And it ends up being the the only thing I have actually play tested with MMP. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and I think during, if I remember, you 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 had said during that interview with you that it was going to be out at the end of of 2011, and of course here we are in 2014, and I know it's on the horizon, but you want to tell us about it at all? Have a status report? <laughs> Um, okay, well, Hakapala. Uh, we all know what that is, right? Yeah. It's the complete finish uh, OB. Uh, the the tanks and guns and the uh, additional uh, squad types that are being added, uh, and then the uh, replacement pages for the rules that uh, address uh, those issues uh, with the the fin squad types and some of the finish rules and even some ski stuff, since the Finns do like their skis, and lone, Lonely Little Board 52. Um, and uh, we are busy laying that out. Uh, my uh, The crack team of Chaz Argent and Klaus Malmstrom and uh, some other uh, people who will stay unnamed right now, but are even almost as crack, um, are... Uh, I mean, along with the designers, uh, Lars and Tuomo, Lars Stern and, and, and Tuomo Lucari, uh, you know, uh, have been very busy, uh, you know, on Chapter H. And I think we're pretty much done uh, with uh, the replacement pages. 
but with uh, the Chapter H, which gets pretty involved in, in, in making sure that uh, uh, it's all in the best ASLEs that we can uh, translate into from the, uh, the Finnish and Swedish uh, <laughs> uh, uh, English uh, uh, that uh, we've been working from. And uh, that all uh, all the, the multi applicable vehicle modes line up uh, with each other and apply to the uh, the appropriate vehicles and our you know the uh, all the stuff that's on the back of the counter is you know either addressed in the you know in the uh, the vehicle ordinance node or the multi vehicle multi applicable vehicle node or uh, and it's all and all of that's reflected on the big vehicle listing chart so. We've been, you know, we've been working real hard and been very busy and uh, making a lot of progress. And so Hakapala, um, I'm very, very, very confident will be up on pre-order, uh, you know, by the summer. This summer. Um, yeah, great. So, uh, trust me, I'm looking forward to that very much. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Uh, and uh, and she has um, you know, um, as as far as you know, it's. Development cycle uh, being older than the uh, the two half squads uh, podcast. <laughs> and, uh, well, you know, some people would 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 hearken back to uh, the Dutch trucks of of uh, Doom battalions and to the the long, long, long development cycle of uh, Armies of Oblivion. And uh, while Hakapal has been in people's minds for almost that long, it's actual development cycle hasn't been that long luckily which i guess is you know is not something to brag about but uh suffice it to say i'm going to be very happy to have it uh printed in my hands yeah i, I can guess, imagine yeah i guess sure. some people some you know i mean it's like you know the guards from tom warren i mean you know took a long long time to reach fruition and and Festum Budapest and uh, Bill took a long, long time uh, to reach fruition. And uh, uh, I think, you know, they were well worth it. I, I, I would say the same thing about uh, Armies of Oblivion. And uh, unfortunately, you know, the, the first edition of Doom Battalions had, a, had, had some issues, but uh, it, uh, it also, I think, was... Uh, eventually worth the wait. So it's uh, it's too bad that these things take as long as they do, but uh, um, on the other hand, it's it's very good that they turn out so far nothing would as well as they do. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely right. And I think it's just, you know, people don't understand the uh, how these things come together and how long it takes. And, and of course, you have to prioritize things as you go along, but I, I, I'm sure people probably just think, Harry has a hard time focusing. <laughs> <laughs> he needs to learn. He needs to learn how to really zero in on it. But I know well, there's there you know there's got to be a lot more to it than that. If indeed I could, you know, focus in laser like on on one little thing, it it could probably get done a lot quicker. But yeah. uh, easier said than done. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So how big is this going to be? Can you give us an idea? How, sorry, how many maps are going to well, be? Just with one. It? Just the one map. Yeah, the one. The one only map board fifty two. Okay. Now, you know, we've we've certainly thought about gee, one map. You know, well, people want more than one map. Yeah, we should stick yeah. more maps in there. Yeah. Um, we could sell for more money. Yes, right. Uh, and we could make more money doing that. Um, trust me, <laughs> we've thought seriously about that. But on the other hand, it would cost more money. <laughs> you would have to pay. Well, maybe not Dave. He plays us. No, yeah. <laughs> would have to pay more money for it. Yeah. Uh, and. And if, if in fact, we had cool maps with scenarios that were, that, that were integral parts of scenarios that, you know, that featured the fins, you know, then we would love to, to include more maps into Hakapal. But just to stick more maps in there, just for the sake of sticking more maps in there, even if they look kind of finished, like, you know, if even if there are lots of woods on them, without being integrated into the total product, just didn't make sense. Yeah, and you know, part of that thinking is that you hear people saying, "Ah, oh, the fins. Who needs the fins? I don't want the fins. I'm not paying anything for the fins." You know, well, 
Um, I suspect that they they will because eventually they'll see that it's a, it's a it's a cool product and they'll they'll want to have it. But they'll be more likely to to buy it if it doesn't cost too much. And yeah. so you know, we're trying to you know we we what's the right adjective I'm I'm searching for here? Proud. I'm proud of MMP's ability to keep prices down in 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 the market. I mean. Uh, I guess you know when you're shelling out uh, you know 160 bucks for Rising Sun. I guess perhaps it doesn't seem like that, but yeah, um, from my end, it, it sure seems like we're doing a pretty good job of keeping the prices down. I mean, given the rampant uh, inflation of games all over the place, so this is another step in in hopefully uh, in in that continuing direction. Yeah, I kind of like the idea actually of having again a a smaller module come out because the last ones have all been well what the, the journals and then the action packs um, and then they were they've all been larger right the Rising well, Sun um, Festoon and uh, Festoon but Festoon is pretty big and Rising Sun was was certainly uh, pretty monstrous and uh, Yanks the Yanks two the reprint is not going to be small I don't think it's going to be quite as gigantic as, as Rising Sun. But, I mean, there's, there's a certain tendency, well, we have a certain tendency, I think, to, to try and combine things. And, and, and we're, we've been doing that because that's what we've heard our customer base saying. That, you, know, you really ought to you know, combine the things and, and, and that'll make it easier to, to stuff and print. I don't know if that's true or not, but uh, we'll... <laughs> We'll see about that, but but it's certainly something that we're reacting to, and a perceived desire for, in general, core modules. You know that are you know that are not the small, you know, partisans last draw, paratrooper type of a, a deal. Right. Yeah. Or, yeah. Uh, Yanks and paratrooper and some other uh, uh, American ETO scenarios, but. You know, so so that you know, Hakapal there being quote you know the last core module unquote um, being smaller, um, I think there is some advantage to that. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Do you uh, you know to your credit, and I, I guess maybe ASL over most other games, you have to maintain a certain consistency in the in the product and the way it looks and the way it's printed and all that stuff. Well, you know, I don't know if you have to. But we've decided that that's what we're going to do. I think that it's a good thing. I do too. Uh, I was going to say it's you know, amazing. But it didn't. I'm not saying it had to be like that. Yeah, I I would say you know I've seen other companies uh, who've come out with a variety of games supposedly with the same core rules, but with wildly different maps and counters and just all kinds of things going on. And ASL really hasn't varied at all, other than when you went from the from the hardboards to the to the software cardboard maps. Well, I mean, I I don't think that innovation for innovation's sake is 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 a uh, a benefit. Right. You get something new like the the new style boards that uh, Gary Fortenberry's uh, action packs are introducing. You know, um, that's a, that you know that that's a, a step forward, I think. Uh, and then you know, having I mean, there, there there's lots of things that. Um, that people do that that are innovative and can be a step forward, but you need to make sure that you integrate it into the system. And but, and and having and having Gary and and and, and Charlie Kibler uh, uh, doing you know doing new style maps makes it a lot easier to integrate them into the system because they're intimately involved with the system. So. Yeah. Right. And I just love the fact that the fins are going to in the in the new gray color instead of the German color as originally printed. And I'm yeah really looking forward to getting the different unit types too that are in there. And the Aerosan is that still in there? The uh... yeah, the Aerosan's still there. Absolutely. Uh, don't leave home without it. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's the uh, propelled a uh, ski thing, right? Or uh... yes, the sort of the the the. Uh, I won't call it jet propelled, but propelled ski sled. Yeah. Wow. I don't know about that. I'll be looking, <laughs> I'll be looking forward to that. The fins certainly deserve uh, their own color, the the gray color that they got in uh, 
in Beyond Dollar Tree. Um, some people, uh, you know, have been advocating strongly for, you know, a, a different color for the fins because, you know, gray is, is blah and it's too much like the Italians and you don't want the fins to look like the Italians. Oh, no. Um, but, um, I mean, we specifically chose gray at the time because we knew that the fins and the Italians were never going to be fighting each other. Um, and, and we thought we could get a, a, a lighter gray that would set off from the dark gray of, of the Italian so that it, that would be distinct. And we weren't thinking about it specifically at the time, but in retrospect, it was a great decision not to try and go two-tone uh, for the fins because two-tone, printing two-tone counters is much more difficult. And I have a, you know, a philosophical objection to doing it if there's not a game-related reason for doing it. Yeah. You know, so that the Chinese, they can, you know, there was a game-related reason for doing it that way. And for the Hungarians, you know, there was a, you know it, it, it made sense within the game system to do it that way. And once again, you know, I wouldn't want to do it just because, just so that they would look different, even if they were, even if they were just as easy to print as as monotone, you know, single single color uh, monochrome uh, cans, but they're not. So you know, we're don't don't look for uh, you know two tone counters uh, unless there's a really really good reason for it. And the reason was that the the Chinese can hide with the along with the brown tone of the Russians. Uh, yeah, well, the partisan type. Oh, well, that thing right? you have the the Chinese and the, the 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 communist Chinese can share the same things. Yeah, because the, the communist Chinese being brown, partisan the partisan brown, then they can share the same weapons as the uh, KMT, um, and, the, and that was why. Yeah, so Jeff, you can look at a stack and not tell what unit. It is because it's got the same color on the out, outer edge. Same color. I'm sorry. I'm a little dense here. It's the same color. <laughs> on the outer edge. On the outer edge of the Chinese. That matches the partisans Yeah, that okay. are used for the communist Chinese forces. Okay. So so if you see a stack of them, you can't tell what the – it doesn't show a different color guy holding a – So are there, are there different color for the nationalist Chinese? Or are Were they, they green with the brown edge appearing? The nationalists are the blue in the middle. Yeah, the blue. Oh, they're the blue in the middle. Okay. Okay. Thank yeah, you. And the Hungarians were done to match the... The Germans. And yeah. so then they could... Because the since the Romanians flipped sides, you know, um, but the, the Hungarians always fought with the Germans and, the, and shared a lot of the German weapons, so then they had the German border, the outside border. Yeah, to match. So they can and, have the German light machine guns and things. Good. So, um, what else is uh, going on over in that ASL well, world? Well, you we told have? me. You told me that you wanted uh, to hear. You know what's coming up. And yeah, so, we do. All right. So I I I, I, I drew up a little, up a little list of, of of what's coming up just so I could share with you. All. It's like an infomercial uh, for, for ASL. Yeah, let it rip. Yeah. Right. So our tentative schedule over the next twelve months. Uh, is going to be as follows, and it's a, it's a tentative schedule, and there's things that are not on this list that we hope we can jump up the line, and you know, which then would make other things slip, and <clears throat> and it's all it's it, the schedule is for the next 12 months, but you know uh, I'm the guy who said the high cabal would come out in 2011, yeah. so you, know, you, <laughs> you take what I say for what it's worth. Uh, but all right, so the first thing. I expect to see come out this spring in print will be the starter kit number one reprint. Oh, okay. And it's not going to be a straight reprint like all the other starter kit one reprints have been. Uh, but for the tenth anniversary, starter kit is celebrating its tenth anniversary. Tenth anniversary. No way. Mm-hmm. So we, we we we've gone back and we've we've taken all the clarifications that have sort of come through the various, you know, from, you know, the, the StarKit 1, 2, StarKit 3, uh, the expansion pack, and down into a Decision of Elf. Each time we've done a new game, you know, we've, we've seen, oh, well, 
we need to clarify this, tweak this, clarify that. And we've taken those clarifications and sort of retrofitted them back into the Circuit One rulebook. So it's not going to have guns, it's not going to have tanks, but all the, the little clarifications that we've found over the past 10 years are, are, have been retrofitted into the rules. Hopefully people will like that. Regardless of whether they like it or not, Circuit One will be in, back in print, and that's a big deal. Yeah, but that's yeah. a very big deal. Uh, that's great. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. On pre-order by this summer will be uh, a new action pack, Action Pack 10. 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll have the two regular-sized maps, the 8x22 maps, and eight scenarios, a number of them uh, by Pete Schelling, but some by, you know, other people as well. Um, we... Uh, uh, we're taking the opportunity right now uh, to to fine tune some of the playtesting because we're not ready to 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 print and ship it yet. But um, obviously, I would expect it to to be successful on pre-order, and so then to be uh, to be shipping this summer. It's got some pretty cool scenarios in there. You can learn more about that uh, t- specifics when when we put it up for pre-order. Mm-hmm. Okay. So can you, you you can't tell us what the is is there a central topic for no there's there no there there's okay there's there's no central theme or topic yeah it's okay just, uh, uh, cool stuff that seemed to work on the the two cool maps yeah okay um then uh, our in house magazine special ops uh, issue number five uh, we always try and have that. Uh, Available for sale at the World Board Gaming Championships, you know, which are the end of July, beginning of August. So we expect to have that uh, for sale at WBC, and then, generally speaking, uh, available for sale you know, shortly thereafter in August. Mm-hmm. And and that and that has uh, some cool ASL stuff in it. Generally speaking, it'll like like the others. It'll have two starter kit scenarios, two ASL scenarios, uh, an ASL article, and this one should have a little bonus ASL material in it as well, but I'll just tease you with that. Oh, ouch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, all right, so we already mentioned the big the big thing this year, yeah. uh, which is Hakapala, mm-hmm. which I expect to be up on pre-order this summer, and I expect it to do well on pre-order, and so I expect it to be shipping by the uh, end of summer, the beginning of fall. Then by the end of the year, um, we're going to have up on pre-order Korean War ASL. Okay. So that's right now we're, we're, we're starting layout and continuing some development uh, for it. And it has the, you know, the complete order battle for the, uh, uh, Korean, both sides of the Koreans, the the Chinese, Chinese, the uh, uh, the U.S. Uh, some some special units for the U.S. and you know, some special equipment for the U.S. I mean, it'll 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 be based on you know, just as the the U.S. Army in Korea was based on the U.S. Army in World War II. The the U.S. Order of Battle will, will be based on the uh, uh, the existing U.S. order battle, but it'll have extra stuff in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, all the rules for uh, um, you know, the special units and the special terrain from the, the special boards. Uh, um, so I think it's a couple boards that fit together to make a really big hill uh, and then obviously break apart and make smaller hills and that should be pretty cool. Yeah. It sounds like that. It's certainly a, 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 you know, uh, the first major non-World War II uh, module MMP and the official ASL system is uh, investing in. Yeah. Going to be using a lot of Chinese cars. You you never really know exactly how stuff like that's going to be received. you know, and it's entirely possible people say that I like World War Two. I don't care about the Korean War. Yeah. Um, and uh, but 
hopefully it'll be cool enough that it'll drag even those naysayers along. Well, I hope, and I hope, <clears throat> excuse me, I hope um, in my, for myself, I'm looking forward to it as a learning tool to learn more about learn the Korean right. War. Oh, itself and battles. I mean, honestly, we right, Jeff. We don't know. Oh yeah, I really, I really. And it's everything called, I I know about the Korean War, I learned on Mash. I mean, and that, <laughs> that's really about it. it. You know, it's called the Forgotten War, and yeah, and I think that's true. Even to honor the guys, you know, in a way, I think the game can kind of do that and raise the awareness of the whole thing. I agree, hundred percent. Yeah, and so I would hope people would say, well, you know what, I do like World War II. It's more fascinating, obviously, but. I'm I'm going to take this chance and, and learn more things about Korea and hopefully get an appreciation for that. And, and the hordes of Chinese coming flying over the hills <laughs> and Chosin Reservoir. I mean, there's just so much that I, you know, do with the parts I do know are, are fairly epic also. Oh, absolutely. But, uh, 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 as an aside, uh, the uh, operational combat uh, system... Uh, uh, OCS Korea: The Forgotten War. Uh, our, our reprint of that uh, should uh, should be happening this year. I don't exactly when we haven't decided, but uh, uh, that's a it, it, you know. I'll, I'll take a minute away from ASL here to mm-hmm. to say that right now that's probably the most accessible of the OCS games. Uh, and, and and OCS really works well, I think, and it has you know for the 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 wide sweep, uh, uh, I guess, kind of like to to some extent, like the the desert in World War Two, where you know you, you know you're going back and forth across this this vast area, this the Korean Peninsula, um, and for the you know the first year of the war, um, is you know a, a way cool game. And then I'll just segue into that. And whereas I said that it's it's currently the most accessible of the OCS games. Momentarily, we're going to start uh, shipping our the pre-orders for Reluctant Enemies, which is uh, the the newest uh, OCS game uh, about Operation Exporter in uh, the uh, uh, the Middle East combat in World War Two. Uh, which which is designed to be an introduction to the OCS system. I personally am very much looking forward to uh, uh, to to this game because I I certainly need to be reintroduced to OCS, and uh, I think this will be uh, just a trick. And so I apologize for straying off of the uh, uh, the ASL track. No, here, that's but, okay. Uh, In fact, I, I was going <laughs> to ask you about work. it. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to ask you about it a little bit because I had some interest in in some of those as well. You, and the, the last one you mentioned was Reluctant Enemies. Yeah, is that right? Mm-hmm. So, which is, oh, and you just reached the pre-order. I'm just looking at the website, so you've reached the pre-order on that. Oh, it 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 it's, it hit its pre-order number a while ago, and oh, we're okay. going to start shipping it momentarily. Oh, I see shipping. That's, okay. the, that's the next thing to be going as soon as we we're just about done with uh, uh, actually pack number nine. The uh, the Burma action pack from uh, uh, Fort and Charlie, and so we're just about done uh, uh, shipping that to stores, and so then we're going to be moving right into reluctant enemies uh, in any day now. Yeah, and you say that's a good introduction to the OCS system. Uh, that's it. Yes, it is. Okay. It, that's what it's designed for. Yeah. It has, you know, it's 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 a it's a smaller uh, operation and uh, it's got various introductory. It's got a uh, you know it, it's got like a starter kit rule book in it. I mean, it, you know, it's not it you know, along to, to go along with the the, the full OCS uh, you know uh, series rules and and special rules and, and it's also got a player's guide and and a step by step introduction to OCS in it. So, yeah, looks uh, cool. Is will Deck Two ever come back? It's I, I notice it's still on the website. Well, never say never. Yeah, I mean, uh, but um, you that know, was a monster. Uh, that was a beauty of a monster. <laughs> but 
I mean, after we reprinted Deck and in, in, in Deck Two, there, I mean, we had, you know, there was we had a ton of them that weren't moving until we put them on sale and yeah. and, and 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 you know sort of blew them out. Uh, so I'm not saying you know it's not like we lost money on it, no way, but I don't think that the demand for it. Uh, is is there uh, certainly not right now? Um, you know, maybe down the road, but certainly yeah. not right now. Yeah, love to see that. And Dave and I are talking about doing another podcast all about all of the other MMP games. Um, <laughs> no, we're not. Because <laughs> then we'd have Perry, to learn Perry, them all. It's Perry's worst nightmare. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> not more of those guys. Please. <laughs> I think you, you might need some reinforcements. The two out squads might need reinforcements for that. Yeah, yeah we probably would. so. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, okay, so then we yeah. were up to the end of the, by the end of the year, having Korea uh, on, on pre-order. Yeah. Um, and then uh, early next year, um, we'd have Journal 11, uh Maybe the end of this year, more likely the early next year, and then uh, the overlay bundle, all the overlays. You ever oh, we need the overlays. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, we do need um, the overlays. So uh, that should be on, on pre-order early next year. And then sometime next year, uh, uh, Yanks 2, uh, Yanks and Paratrooper. And, uh, yeah, I'm starting uh, a bunch to... more uh, American scenarios. Hmm? It's, yeah. it's funny how when, when the counters got larger, the... The graphics. Mm-hmm. I was I was like, eh, you know, yeah. So what? I my I have bifocals; they work fine. But I'm starting to get really used to the bigger ones now. And then I look at my Americans, and I I just feel they're inferior. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I'm like, oh, these poor Americans. Look at them; they're so small. <laughs> so I think I'm well, ready and, for and that. And some things are smaller than others. It's like the. Uh... You know, the, the the little infantry gun that they have, I mean, that looks tiny. <laughs> that thing is, yeah. and, and, you know, um, now in my set, okay, I, I finally uh, played a Valor of the Guards. I was playing with Mark Woods, and I we had the NKVD thing, and I didn't bother to get them out. I thought they were like just regular first-line troops, and then we're, or elite troops, and we're reading the rules. And I'm like, oh, wait, these are different. So I started punching them out during the game and switching them in there. And then I'm realizing, so I, so then I spent the, like an hour that night punching everything and throwing it all into the counter trays, and and then I'm I'm looking at my set. So my thing is that a lot of my units I still have are like maybe from Red Barricades or something. So they're you know my whole set is not redone in the larger size. Is do you think that's ever going to happen? Do you know what I'm talking about? No, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, I kind of lost you there too. <laughs> so, so when you got Beyond Valor with the new size counters, right, graphics, mm-hmm. right. I took out all my old counters right. and put in the new ones. Right. But my original Red Barricades counters were still with the small print. Yeah. Well, what do you need them for? Because I, I I like having everything in there. Well, sure, I understand. <laughs> but you put them in a little ghetto. I know. You put them in a little, you know, first edition ghetto, and, you know, you exploit them. You only pull them out, you know, you know, when you need to have them, and then you underpay them, and then you you don't worry about whether you spill drinks on them, right? It's well, great it, to and, have. But... And I guess now that I have the Beyond, or the um, Valor of the Guards, it seems like I have quite a lot of Russians again. So is there enough there with the Valor of the Guards and Beyond Valor to play all those scenarios, you think, the really huge ones? You, you better ask somebody who's played a campaign okay. game. <laughs> it's been so long since I've done one, I have no idea. Well, we're talking about doing the first bid maybe this summer. So I guess we'll find out when we break that out. That's Red Barricades, right? No, that's first the, bid? That's beyond, oh, I'm sorry, the last bid. Wait, which one was right? Red? The last bid is Red Barricades. The first bid yeah. is Valor of the Guards. Yeah, okay. The first bid is the last one, Joe. Now, the Valor of the Guards <laughs> map, though. Uh, so, my friend, our friend Rich, was over here the other night because he and I are talking about doing a big scenario, and we're sort of leaning towards Tarawa, but we'll see. Um, but he had out. Uh, he brought Valor of the Guards. The Valor of the Guards map doesn't have the larger hexes, does it? Yeah, I think that's the historical size. Is that right, Perry? Do you know? 
I thought, I thought that it did. Yeah, I think it's a uh, historical size. Now, what am I thinking of? You're thinking no, of, I'm, I'm you're sure thinking of some people who had theirs enlarged. I think you might perhaps be thinking oh, yes. about Bootfest, which might not. Yeah, I can't remember. No, I'm sure it. I'm because, we'll, sure. we'll have to go measure that. Yeah, we'll have to go oh. measure it. Anyway, that was, that, was a, that was a breaking point for, for one of us. I won't say if it was rich or not, but it was. Oh. Uh, but he said, I you know, I that. don't think I could play this. On this size hexes, we got to play with the historical module size hexes. I think he's hexes. used to seeing the extra enlarged ones. No, we had them laying out here. We had it laying out on top of Tarawa, which oh, okay. I had. Which, so it doesn't have the bigger. I, I don't. Sorry, Perry. We'll get back to <laughs> no, you. No, no, that's okay. Because you know, I'll be the first bit. I don't remember which ones had big yeah. hexes and which ones don't. Um, but I will tell you, you know, that a lot of careful thought goes into deciding. <laughs> whether to do it one way or the other. Yeah. And you know, the bigger hexes are nice to play on, but then you have less room you know, to maneuver, less, you know, uh, and or you, you have to take up a lot more foot space to, to play the game. Right. And, I, and so, that's, you know, there's a, there's a distinct trade-off there that, yeah. like I said, a lot of thought goes into, well, you know, we really like to, like to have the big hexes, but then, so... Yeah, I said to Rich, I said, I don't know how they could uh, otherwise cover the distance from the river to the train yards un- unless they make the map, you know, 30% yeah. bigger. And it's already a big double. Which is already a huge map. So, yeah, so well, we'll see. Um, and then I had a, a, a question. I was reading the, we've been reviewing the annuals, the old annuals on the show. And one of them, uh, I think it's the 95. In the front, it said "coming soon," and it mentioned "Gona" by Steve Swan. Do you remember Perry? Did that ever come out? Or, um, I think maybe somebody else did it, uh, or Steve worked with somebody else, or uh, so it might have been the Kampfum Ga or whatever. Well, no, it wasn't. It wasn't that. Um, uh, or a different company, maybe. That's what I'm talking about. Somebody oh. else. Okay, we won't talk about them. Well, you know, it's okay. <laughs> I, the answer is I don't know. Yeah, because um, that goes back to Avalon Hill days. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I, I, I was yeah. thinking, boy, I don't think I missed that one, but there were a lot of Pacific small map sets that came out in the annuals, like that come from Ghana. Right, yeah. And, mm-hmm. and then this one, Jeff and I are playing the Hell's Creek and Suicide Creek and, you know, quite a few over the time. And do you have more things to coming out to talk about? Um, there's lots more that's going on, but that's all we're going to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Because the rest will just really get your heads up, and then and then know. dash them. Exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. And I, yeah, I'd rather uh, save that for uh, when it's absolutely necessary. Yeah. Well, the rumor is with the expansion to Korea that there's going to be like a ASL Cowboys versus Aliens game. Is that? <laughs> Is that just a rumor? Finally, you could get my name on a counter. I'll be one of the aliens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, not only did I listen to you know the uh, the podcast that I was on back uh, a few years ago, but I figured, well, let me listen to see what they're talking about nowadays. <laughs> so, so I so I was listening to a recent one where uh, you were. Uh, Reviewing an annual, I think it was the '91 annual, mm-hmm. um, and if I recall correctly, you know, it, it, it had a, a Mark Nixon uh, review of uh, um, the, one of the, the Axis uh, miners, not the Axis miners. Jeez, um, I don't even remember which which one it was, but it. Um, it was, uh, uh, I guess it was the last hurrah, probably. The angel oh, yeah. says, yeah, mm-hmm, it, was the last, right. it was the last hurrah. The last hurrah. And, and you, you were, of course, you know, complimentary to, 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 to Mark's uh, 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 analytical skills. <clears throat> and you were also comparing how you didn't think that there would, that that annual and the, and the, the annual surrounding it, um, you had a lot of rules tips, how to play better type of articles. Yeah, tactical type stuff. Yeah. Right. And 
uh, and I would agree with that in general. And in general, I would think that that was one of the things that when multi-man publishing first started with Backblast Magazine was we wanted to concentrate on those types of things. Um, but what I do want to point out is the wealth of tactical information contained in each one of Martin Nixon's scenario analyses. Each one of them, you know, will have, you know, it won't just describe the scenario, but it will talk about, you know, how to play a little bit better, I think. And, and, and his ability to do that um, has always impressed me. And uh, I, I, I miss seeing his, his writing in, in uh, the ASO magazines. Um, but, uh, but not just you know, not just his ability to analyze the scenario, but to to feed in something about playing better in in each one of those. So uh, I don't know if you if you didn't notice that at the, you know when you were reviewing it, go back and take a look and. Uh, uh, and then you can uh, pay me my dollar uh, for. Yeah, yeah. I, well, <laughs> I think if you listen to the other annuals, I think we did ninety two. I've got ninety three ready here tonight. If Jeff and I do a show after we talk to you, another show. Um, and yeah, there I have started highlighting things that he has written about some tactical tips within, like the Western Desert. I think we covered Jeff on the last show or two yes. shows ago. Yeah, I think that's right. He was talking about, oh, you could do this, you could do that, and and so you know you are right, and I, and I have seen that in there, yeah, and even these other things that were there, these like historical, the Marcus guy, and and Steve Swan, some of his historical information is really just you know marvelous, also. Oh, absolutely. Um, but that's that. what we do like about the journal, and we'll be getting into the journals after we finish the annuals, and uh, yeah, so many there are much more articles about the tactics directly. But, and if you talk to Mark Nixon, have him, we'd love to interview him. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe email him. I don't know if you have contact. I, I, see, I see Mark uh, once a year at Oktoberfest. <laughs> yeah, we, we saw him at a distance that, right. that year we were there. Did we? We did. Okay. He came in late, uh-huh, so we didn't get an interview. Oh, okay. And, again, that's the kind of history we like to preserve. You think I, I would love to hear uh, – you interview Mark Nixon, uh, yeah. but uh, I think you have probably a little better chance of interviewing him than you do John Greenwood, but not a lot better chance. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Don didn't really want to seem interested at the time. Maybe we can find out what it is they like and offer them that. <laughs> there you go. Well, there's there's no so. shame in anything, anyway. No, you know, but no. <laughs> and Mark has a lot to be proud of, and um, certainly. Oh, absolutely. Okay. And then, well, but, I was. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was I was just going to ask. So, did you review the '92 uh, annual yet? Is that the yeah, is that, that in the can? Or that that was posted. That was uh, yeah. episode 112, which we posted yesterday. Oh wow, cool! Yeah. So that was my replay. Yes, that? it was your replay. <laughs> I was going to ask you about that. <laughs> How did you lose that, Perry? <laughs> <laughs> you had it in the bag. You lost it. <laughs> And why did Pat Yankee rake you over the coals so much? Oh, well. Yeah. Pat's a, great, oh, Pat's a much how, better player than I ever was. So. Is that how you pronounce it, Yankee? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I didn't know. Um, yeah, no, that was a great thing. Yeah, I'm flipping through, and I'm like, oh, look, Perry was writing things. And then, you know, uh, and so I was going to ask you, what else ha- have you done that I'm going to be discovering as I go through 95, 97? Did you do more series replays or – not for uh, no. I, mean, I was intimately involved with the series replay that Brian Yass and Steve Peterson and Chuck Getz did on a KGP scenario. Uh, that's coming up in '95, I think. That certainly sounds possible. Um, but uh, I was, you know, I was a technical advisor for that. <laughs> but. Uh, no, that's the only uh, that's the only uh, replay that I've done personally, and I remember very well why. They are a major pain in the butt. <laughs> and that's why I was going to oh, ask yeah. next: How long did that take? Yeah. Down right up. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I told Sean Deller going into uh, into uh, 
the you know the, the Budapest replay that uh, you know it was going to be a major pain in the butt and the, and after it was done he said man that was more work than I <laughs> yeah I could believe because you have to so, write down every move and every die roll and then you have to go back over to make sure that you know that you didn't screw it up or if you did screw it up you can at least explain how you screwed it up yeah <laughs> yeah and. <laughs> You know, people have asked us to do, we've, we've done two uh, what we call uh, newbie-do episodes where we are, are sort of tutorials for people getting into the starter kits. And we did two and stopped there because just doing that was really hard. Just making sure you're doing everything right uh, with, with that sort of, um, you know, because you don't want to get caught doing it wrong. Well, uh, you know, it's very, you it's very ta- you know, taxing. You, you need, you know, but but when you're doing it live, at least you can invoke a point two. You know, um, you you can't justify getting away with without explaining what you did wrong. You know, when you put it in print. Oh so. yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Eight point two is the the don't go back rule. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even in your replay, you, you guys did miss some things. You know, later that you mentioned and stuff. Sure. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I, there's, there's no shame in that. I, you know, you show me the, the the perfect game of ASL that's been played, and uh, and uh, we'll be in that paradise we were talking about earlier. But uh, yeah. yeah. But when you put it down in print, then you just need to be you just have to you know explain what what you know what happened and what went wrong. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, in in. Um... Getting ready for tonight's show, we posted, as you saw on Facebook, we posted that we were going to be interviewing you and ask people to uh, to send in their questions. Right. So we got I saw I saw a very you know I saw a very interesting question at the end there. So I so. saw that's that is a great question. I'll leave that one for our final question. <laughs> but the others, go ahead. But uh, David Roberts wrote, and he asked if there were any plans on doing a historical module on Iwo Jima or Okinawa. Um, I ain't doing one. You doing one? No, I'm not no. doing one. <laughs> okay. Well, then, uh, if somebody else is, wants to do one, you know, we'd be certainly interested in in, in helping to facilitate that. Okay. But uh, we're not working on it. Okay. So David Roberts brought it up. Let's put the onus back on him. David, get to work because we'd <laughs> love to go. see that. Exactly. Or, you know, <laughs> and you know what, David? You don't have to do it yourself. Just go find somebody who'll do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And then let's see, Luke, Luke wrote in, Luke Sineth wrote and said, what's your mm-hmm. favorite book? And uh, probably Fifty Shades of Grey, but you don't have to. <laughs> that. Well, it's, it's interesting. I, I, I didn't think about that too much um, and, and because I can't answer that. Uh, yeah. But I can tell you what my favorite movie is. Okay. And, and, and it's not, you know, it, it's, it's certainly not the best movie I've ever seen. Uh, but my favorite movie of all time, you mentioned it earlier in our talk. You uh, said, everything I know about the Korean War, I learned from in MASH. MASH. Yeah. And uh, so my, my, my favorite movie of all time and it is MASH because it came along at the right time, hmm. which is <laughs> when I was... Uh, 18 years old and looking forward to being drafted to go to Vietnam yeah. and uh, had just finished reading the book. I found it on the library shelf and, and had that no idea, pulled it off and read it and loved it. And then this movie came out and I said, oh no, they're going to ruin this, this great book that I love. And then, th- then Robert Altman did some magic trick and, and did a did a wonderful movie, a wonderful anti-war movie uh, that just really struck home for me at, at, at the time. And so it was the right you know, it was the right thing at the right time. Uh, and uh, it's uh, it, it certainly wasn't the beginning of my interest in the Korean War, but it it, it helped solidify it. And of course. Um, I don't really expect ASL to go to Vietnam. <laughs> yeah. Maybe into China, maybe, but not to Vietnam. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Inter- you know, well, it's, I'm a little ashamed to say I've never seen 
the movie. Oh yeah, it's a good movie. And I haven't read the book. It's Joseph Heller, I think, right? The, wrote the... no, it's not. No, Joseph oh, Heller wrote Catch Oh, Catch Twenty Two. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Richard Robert Hooker. Richard Hooker was his uh, nom de plume, I think. He was actually he was a he was a doctor in Maine. Uh, he was a doctor from Maine. Oh. Uh, funny enough, uh, <laughs> yeah, served in the army in Korea. <laughs> yeah, okay. So then, Perry, you weren't looking forward to going to Vietnam after the film. Well, you know, um, before the film, during the film, and after the film, I was uh, not looking forward to going to Vietnam. And uh, and so when I turned 19, and I had a r- low draft number, 75 was a low draft number, uh, 1972 when I turned 19, luckily, 1972 was an election year. Uh, our, our, my, our dear president, uh, Tricky Dick Nixon, uh, stopped drafting people. In the summer of 1972, when I turned 19, I, I was, you know, I was just counting the days until I was going to get drafted, and he stopped, you know, he stopped drafting uh, people, uh, you know, in the run up to the election, and then it never got reinstituted. There goes uh, my illustrious military career, uh, sabotaged by uh, the, the the mortal fear of mortal combat. Uh, yeah. Wow. What a huge relief. <laughs> that must have been. Yeah, you know, we all want to be able to serve our country, yeah. and we love our country, but you also want to have a cause that's very clearly in the right. Yeah, and yeah. and there's just fear inherently. Uh, Alan <clears throat> Hume writes and says, uh, any chance of a module on the late war, RSI Italian forces? Oh, okay, that was the guy who, who sent us some stuff yeah, the, some non-ASL stuff about that conflict. He did, and, yeah, that's right. And he said, why don't, you, "Why don't you, why don't you, do some ASL stuff on this?" And uh, he said, I, "Yeah, I don't, I can't do it, but here's here's some cool stuff. Why don't you do it?" Yeah. And and once again, I'm just going to have to flip it back there and say, you know, well, somebody else is going to have to do it because yeah, uh, you know, your plate's you know, full. You know, we're certainly interested in 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 stuff like that. We need somebody to be doing it. Uh, yeah, you guys don't actually start a project from scratch and then do all that research. And you're, well, you're, I mean, you're more developers uh, and we we producers. we do small stuff, and you know, uh, me and Brian and Chaz are, are a little too busy, you know, trying to coordinate all the juggle all the balls uh, without trying to you know uh, cut the horse hair. Uh, and sew it together to, to make the ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. And were you with um, ba- um, Backblast? Backblast, yes. I have all Is that those. What you okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I got them all in the mail. That was early fanzine, Jeff. Amateur okay. production. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> and so who worked on that with you? Was that... Well, so Backblast, I was... Brian, yes, and me, Perry Cox, and Chuck Getz, and Steve Peterson, and, oh, the Canadian guy whose name I can't remember. I apologize, Canadian Dor- guy. Dorosh? Hmm? Dorosh? No, no, no. It's uh, somebody you've probably never heard of. Because we're, you know, we're talking, you know, uh, 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, and... And we started back last because, you know, um, uh, Avalon Hill decided they were going to stop really supporting ASL and then move Bob McMahon and Charlie Gibbler and Rex Martin off into doing uh, uh, computer games. And so the people that we had been playtesting ASL with were off doing other stuff. And we said, well, what are we going to do? Uh, you know, we still, you know, still want to be involved in ASL somehow, so we said, well, let's start a fanzine, and then we'll have some scenarios, and we'll have some articles that can concentrate on uh, tactical tips and playing better, so that's what we did. And there were great scenarios in there. Well, um, there were some great scenarios in there, and and it's funny, um, I was reflecting back on that, some of the first official scenarios featuring the Canadian Army uh, were backblast scenarios that we once that once we uh, you know had had a chance to to convert them into a, you know official Avalon, 
some of them were Avalon Hill and then some of them were Hasbro scenarios. Um, you will, there, anyway, there, there were stuff that we'd done for Backblast, and uh, there, there had been really hadn't been much at all featuring the uh, the Canadian Army. Um, I like to think we we, we led the way uh, in that regard to to you know certainly as far as official scenarios are concerned. And part of that was because we we did have you know, one of our members who was the the graphic artist was Canadian, and then I, I, I also personally have a, a Canadian connection. My one grandfather served in the Canadian Army in World War One, and my mother was born in Canada. Um, I'm not sure why I'm boring you with all these details, other than to say that I'm, that's, 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 that's just one of the main things that I'm proud about MMP doing, was to, to help spread the, the Canadian uh, uh, word into ASL. And then I know some people have, have gone so far as to advocate for uh, separate counters for the Canadian oh. Army. Uh, you know, uh, I, of course, I think some people want you know separate counters for you know, I guess all the Commonwealth nationalities. Well, um, <clears throat> that ain't happening, folks. But um, if you have any cool Canadian scenarios, we'd certainly be interested in. And uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, I always tell, tell Jeff on this show, my students, you know, in eighth grade, they're they're actually amazed to find out that Australia and Canada both were fighting in the wars. <laughs> like, of course, Canada, and and they just don't get the that whole Commonwealth concept is a hard one to get too. You know that well, if Britain's fighting, they're in there with them. Yeah, you know why? I mean, they're not the same country. Well, I'm not even sure I understand the connections. I don't know the politics that are involved in it, but it, you can see how, you know, then in, into the Korean War, and it was still Commonwealth, and it was still Britain and Australia, New Zealand, Canada, and, and then some other Commonwealth. But then, and then you get into Vietnam, and it, it's only Australia. Yeah. You know, Britain's not involved. Canada's not involved. And then you you come up into the modern day, and where NATO's involved, and Britain's Britain will be involved there. Um, and maybe sometimes Australia will will also be helping out, but but Canada's more along the, the peacekeeping end of uh, things nowadays anyway. Yeah. Um, well, I did look at uh, Facebook. We were trying to find your phone number before you had responded yet to us, um, and that's quite the photograph you have uh, of you on Facebook. Oh, on Facebook? With the uh, large beard and hair. Oh, yeah, look at that. I haven't actually looked at that. Oh, that's an excellent photo. Isn't that wonderful? I had no idea what you're talking about, sir. Your Facebook photo? Yeah, your Facebook. It's from like the that 19... one, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With my, uh, uh, sitting on the steps with, with, with the long-haired beauty. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, my, my, my beautiful wife uh, of 30-plus uh, years. From That was from, of course, more than 30 years ago. Uh, I love um, that photo. So, and... And which gives me the segue into uh, the opportunity to, to thank my beautiful wife for all the uh, the patience uh, with uh, uh, with ASL over all these many years. Sometimes maybe not so much patience, but putting up with it nonetheless anyway. And then the the other photo on, on Facebook then would be uh, my younger daughter in a mask. Yes. So, oh, okay. I didn't know who was in the mask. Right. Yep. Yeah, that's I think of a, a Max of the Lorax, if I remember correctly, but. Uh, yeah, that's uh, when I looked like a young revolutionary. Instead yes, you did. <laughs> an old revolutionary. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely love it. So, yeah, there. You know, it's. Uh, I, I when I was listening to the previous episode, we were talking a little bit about um, the fact how hard it is to keep up with everything. Where there is a ASL community on Game Squad, there's one on Board Game Geek. Now, since we've been. T- since we did that episode, there's one on Facebook. There's Consim World. I'm not sure how active that one is anymore, but it's really you know, and and people are sort of expect you to be involved in all of these things, but it's it's very quickly turns your day into a total mess. <laughs> so I appreciate that you even saw our our post and and posted this very good question. <laughs> mm-hmm. Ask him how he got to be so smart and good looking. So, Harry, how did that happen? How did you luck out? Um, well, um, I, <laughs> I deny it. I deny everything. 
Yeah, <laughs> Canadian jeans. Right. Um, yeah, very good idea. The battery-powered phone is telling me that we've been talking. Yeah, yeah, we're going to wrap it up here. a long time. Yep. <laughs> uh, can you say thanks to um, Chaz and Brian? For us, yes, please. I will uh, I mean, thank uh, Chaz and Brian for you. Uh, yeah, we really and, do mean it. And I, I don't know if they. I, I think I know we interviewed Chaz, but I think Brian's always been hesitant. And I guess I don't he, know he, we, not for we everybody. Keep, we keep Brian very busy. Okay? Yeah, yeah. Um, but if they ever do want to, have them just contact us. And um, I, I will. I will mention that. I will thank them for you. I will uh, thank them for me. I am going to thank them publicly. Uh, and I thank uh, Brian for all the. the he does in, in leading MMP, and thank uh, Chaz for all the hard work he does in getting his ASL stuff out. And then I'll take another opportunity to thank Klaus Malmstrom for uh, all the hard work he does in, in, in helping me with the rules and helping Chaz with proof and stuff. Uh, and a host of other people who, who go on some playtesters and proofers who we couldn't do this without. Yeah. And then finally, uh, thanks to uh, Jeff and Dave, the two house squads, for. Uh, oh. Supporting this uh, this great game. Thanks, guys. Well, very thank much, you, and very much our pleasure. And bravo to you and the whole team there. And uh, look forward to talking to you again. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, come it won't be three years. From the well, we do want to get out there. We have to yeah. really make just. We just have to finally decide that that's the one we're going to do. And um and yeah, can we do an annual interview maybe with you? Well, too? you know, uh, uh, sure. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> or not. What I got. There you go. Yeah, you, know, right, you can't believe a word he said. So. Yeah, right. <laughs> All, All right. right. Well, Take care, guys. Okay, bye-bye. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Finland, Finland, Finland. The country where I want to be pony trekking or camping. Or just watching TV. Finland, Finland, Finland. It's the country for me, you're so near to Russia, so far from Japan, quite a long way from Cairo, lots of miles from Vietnam. Finland, 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 the country where I want to be eating breakfast or dinner, or snack lunch in the hall. Finland, Finland. 